Welcome to Failing Forward. Rachel, can you please introduce yourself for our audience today? Uh, thank you so much, Emily. Uh, so I'm Rachel Goba. I'm the Senior Technical Advisor for Adolescent Health with the Care USA team, particularly under the Health Equity and Rights Department. Um, so I work remotely as well, based in Zimbabwe. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you joining us today. Let's get started by talking about why is it important for us to talk about failure? Okay, so, you know, by talking about failure, um, we can share our challenges. So this is an opportunity to look at challenges, any successes and lessons um, learned you know, particularly within us as a community and uh, create a supportive and uh, collaborative environment where we can learn from each other as well. So, you know, uh, failure does help to develop that creativity and innovation um, in terms of our capabilities and learn processes that can actually improve any future programming as well. What's the example you're gonna share with us today? Okay, so for today, I'm going to look particularly at a project that we implemented within Niger and Bangladesh, which is the Inspiring Married Adolescent Girls to Imagine New Empowered Futures. So I'll use the acronym IMAGINE, <laughs> um, which is a project that uh, was supported by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, for care to actually work around uh, married adolescent girls uh, in terms of delaying their first birth. You know, we acknowledge um, as care in our adolescent health programming that, you know, uh, globally, we do have a lot of girls who are actually falling pregnant below the ages of 20. And this also has a direct linkage uh, to child marriages as well. So Imagine Project um, is actually a project that was actually aiming at working with married adolescent girls, which is a group that is often neglected uh, by development and health programs. Um, so we're trying to work with them in order to actually um, look at delaying their first birth when they get married. And um, this was the whole combination of the project in order for us to, you know, look at the reproductive health, um, combining business skills, life skills, um, you know, including working with their husbands as service providers, uh, so that we can actually uh, imagine an alternative future uh, for girls so that they all they don't see motherhood as their only option as well. That sounds like a great project and a lot of really interesting ideas. What went wrong? So one thing uh, that went wrong, targeting married adolescent girls was not the most effective way uh, to achieve the objectives of the project. Um, why? Because, you know, married girls would have already made, you know, some irreversible decisions um, like not using or stopping any modern contraceptive method right after getting married. And whereas comparing to unmarried girls, um, where they are better placed to influence future husbands and in-laws and have more agency. So you find with married adolescent girls, decisions would have been made already. So this could have come a bit too late. So as such, delaying first birth is very difficult and uh, potentially unattainable objective uh, for this type of a project which uh, targets the married adolescent girls. Um, whereas other outcomes such as birth spacing are more realistic, those can actually be difficult uh, to measure as well. And uh, you find like in the country like Bangladesh, as an example, um, the project package of interventions uh, which disrupted norms but, you know, in terms of the impact of family planning use and delay of birth, it was very limited as well, uh, mainly because of the COVID-19 
as one of the impacts. It really caused a national lockdown and this disrupted their access to services. And you find in such context, there's actually continued uh, family and social pressures for early childbearing. So the truth is to try and delay first birth when there are other social pressures, uh, it was actually quite a difficult task as well. And if we're to look at the intervention length, it was like, you know, about 22 months or so. Um, and this is quite a short intervention then. So that was another thing that went wrong because if we're trying to look at such a project, which is a nature of, you know, behavioral change, uh, it's very difficult for us to actually attain a behavioral change outcome over such a short um, uh, period of time. So yeah, these are mainly some of the things that actually went wrong, particularly uh, for this uh, project as well. What did you do about it? Once it started to be obvious that things weren't working the way we'd hoped, what happened next? So there was some adaptive management that took place. Um, you find we started to then also accommodate unmarried adolescent girls in the project, having to recognize that, you know, with unmarried adolescent girls, we still have that opportunity to build their HNZ so that they can actually influence their future partners and, you know, the society around them in terms of, you know, them making decisions around their reproductive health as well. So this is one of the things that we actually did. And also, um, you know, we, we then also saw that, um, acknowledge the fact that, you know, some of the activities uh, which were, you know, like, for example, the girls collectors, which were used to, you know, link us to other platforms, uh, we made use of such like, you know, including the VLSAs as an example, so that um, we, we can make that opportunity that once we look at them um, being empowered economically, this could assist maybe for them to actually uh, delay uh, birth as an example as well. But yeah, these are some of the adaptive managements that were going on as we were, you know, going forward with the project. And of course, you know, originally, we did have um, the issue of engaging male counterparts um, as they are very influential uh, in decision-making for their female partners. And we thought that we need to do more engagement when it comes to the male uh, partners as well and other um, influential persons such as the religious leaders as well uh, within this particular uh, project. So yeah, uh, these are some of the things that you know we tried to uh, incorporate as the project was being implemented. But of course, we didn't reach the outcome that was intended of delaying uh, first birth uh, because, you know, like I said initially, the intervention period was just too short and um, it was during the COVID-19. So it kind of gave us also a limitation in terms of what really we could do when it comes to adapting the project. So you've talked a little bit about the things you changed while it was happening, you know, including adolescent girls who were unmarried, thinking about how to engage male counterparts more specifically. If you could go back and do it all over from the beginning, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Hmm. So first thing, acknowledging that, you know, behavior change does take time. Um. You know, after two years, of course, we did see, you know, there was some sort of evidence of norms and behavior change being present. But, you know, we what would do differently is definitely increase the intervention uh, period 
um, so that we can actually have potentially multiplied the impact of uh, future programming as well. And then um, the need to actually engage multiple actors at different levels of the social cultural ecology, um, because girls do have different actors that actually impact their lives as they are growing up. And there is that need to actually have that multiple engagement of the different actors. And then, you know, work more effectively around uh, communication with relation to real norm shifts that are happening in these com communities, you know, particularly if they continue and uh, reach a threshold of, um, you know, some sort of ignorance. Um, you know, this may empower girls and their husbands to make helpful choices around birth timing and, you know, possibly accelerate positive norms change uh, for delaying uh, breath as well. So we do acknowledge, you know, in so doing that, girls are still beholden to the wheels of their, you know, male partners or husbands. And um, so efforts to continue to push for gender equity and increased agency, you know, specifically within the childbearing uh, broadly is very important. Um, so this approach, as opposed to like a one centered around um, 18 years of age or two years after marriage, would actually create environments where girls are able to make their own choices, you know, regardless of the standards that are accepted uh, within the society. And also it was quite clear that the girls valued and appreciated the opportunities um, around vocational skill and engaging in um, income generating activities. So this is something of course that would definitely look um, at doing though, um, the qualitative data did suggest that, you know, it doesn't delay, but it does actually um, advance the girls' economic empowerment, um, which shouldn't be valued uh, less. And then I think one other thing is um, the changes in the ecosystems strengthen and support individual household and community level changes. So like in the context of Imagine program, um, this means that the ecosystem supports and enables evolution of social norms, and which in turn will generally drive uh, behavior changes like delaying first birth or using contraception. So, you know, social norms change tends to come before behavior change, definitely. But it's not always. Um, so it, it's like reminding us that change is complex and it's not really linear. So um, that flexibility in terms of also that the behavioral change may emerge unpredictably based on what is happening within the ecosystem and how intervention um, does impact the ecosystem. So yeah, that those are some of the things we would do um, going forward based on the learnings. And um, you know, another thing that I should also highlight is that I, I think I've spoken to it a bit when I was speaking on the ecosystem, is that context situation really, really looking deep into it? Uh, for example, Niger, um, you know, polygamy is quite a common and high thing in Niger. And, you know, these are some of the things we need to think about in terms of how does that impact, you know, uh, child marriage or, you know, giving birth in actual fact when one is in a marriage setup because of the pressures that come with trying to compete and prove your fertility when you're in a polygamous marriage. Another recommendation that would, you know, just to summarize what CARE would recommend to do differently is um, adapting the theory of change with the outcomes, you know, um, 
So we did have a health workers transformation intervention. And, you know, one recommendation would actually be, you know, um, integrating that aspect into the broader health systems because it would be also more cost um, efficient uh, for the project. And then also changing the emphasis of outcomes instead of just birth delay, but also looking at the outcome of birth spacing that is healthy and targeting the younger unmarried girls as a priority. And, um, you know, um, the increasing of the time span of the project and then the streamlining and reducing the costs at all levels. So yeah, that is the summary in terms of, you know, what it is that would definitely do differently. One of the things you talked a lot about is just the short time frame. So that kind of social norms change to say, to completely change the environment in which a woman decides at what age is she going to give birth if she is already married takes a long time. That's not something that will happen very quickly. And two years that included the height of the COVID pandemic shortened mm. up even the amount of time that we had available. Mm -hmm. But a lot of work happened and there are some positive indications that some things were working. What would you hope could result from what we've done in the future? And do we have any evidence that shows us we might be on that path? Okay. We do actually have evidence that we are on that path, both um, in the qualitative um, evaluations and the quantitative evaluations did actually report some positive uh, social norms shifts in both women and men, girls and boys as well, uh, within the community. So there are strides that have been made, despite the fact that we failed to reach the outcome of delayed first pregnancy, but there were positive shifts that have happened. And, you know, given the opportunity that the project is actually implemented longer, definitely, definitely, uh, we do stand a good chance that, you know, we can actually achieve um, some positive strides. And like I said, you know, just adapting the theory of change, not just to focusing on delaying the first pregnancy, but also, um, you know, encouraging that healthy uh, child spacing amongst the married adolescent girls. So there is so much potential in terms of actually, you know, the future of Imagine, where we will definitely experience uh, positive strides based on what the results are already showing, especially around the sh positive shifts for social norms and also the self-efficacy and agency for girls to actually seek um, um, health services and particularly contraception as well. The being realistic about how long it takes to change that kind of behavior is something we all need to be very thoughtful about moving forward. That, that is the most important thing because two years was just too little of a time. And um, if we are to really adapt that intervention period to a longer period, um, definitely um, there is so much potential for the project to do enormous things. How are you using what you've learned? How are you already using that in the work you do now? Okay, so currently what we're doing actually is um, we're actually conducting disseminations of the project findings uh, with the hope that the project can be further adopted and adapted both internally within care and externally too. So, you know, the project is actually being used to design other somewhat alike projects uh, within care, but with those adaptations uh, based on the lessons uh, that we learned from the uh, five years of implementing uh, Imagine project. Are there any challenges you're still facing? So 
I mean, frankly, we're still trying to figure out why we experienced an increase in self-efficacy to go to health facilities and family planning use, but not really an impact in delayed first pregnancies. So, you know, just putting it out there, this could be actually a potential study area or analysis to conduct as well, because these are actually interesting uh, results going forward. So it it, it, it is a challenge, uh, we, you know, that is actually going to be turned into, you know, a potential study area for us to see what really the linkage is for, you know, that delayed self, I mean, that in, improved self-efficacy uh, to seek health service behaviors and health clinics and also contraceptives, but not really the delay in uh, pregnancy. And what, if you could only say one thing, you wanted to make one recommendation to other people based on this experience and what you've learned, what would it be? Okay, let's turn the lessons into recommendations collaboratively. I mean, um, you know, on based on this actual uh, failure, it's very possible for us to actually turn this failure into a potentially um, best impact uh, project as well, based on, you know, um, the results that have come out, which are showing greater strides. So we, have, we don't lose hope at all. Um, for us, we saw this as a good lesson that is actually going to turn into positive impact going forward and uh, doing it collaboratively with other you know, stakeholders and even within uh, Care International across other you know, uh, programming areas as well. You know, like for example, another thing that I could have highlighted, girls were now saying that would love to be integrated back into school. So that's another, you know, um, action that would recommend, you know, based on, you know, failing forward that if these voices come from the girls, let's then reimagine the project in a manner that suits their needs. So definitely if we were to redo Imagine Again, would actually look at including the linkages of girls back into schools. So the biggest lesson is turning the lessons, the failures into lessons and positive strides, especially based on the voices of the beneficiaries, which are the girls. I love that part of your call to action there is don't lose hope, don't give up on this because it's Correct. a challenging problem, but not an impossible one. What Correct. gives you hope? So for me, what gives me hope is the fact that, you know, despite the challenges that we faced, girls out there who were really especially impacted by Imagine, um, you know, the fact that there is some positive change that happened in their lives and how they continuously speak about how the project has also impacted them at individual level. So I feel that actually then gives hope in terms of, you know, the potential that alike projects can do uh, for the girls out there. So it's not about Care International, but rather it's about the beneficiaries who we are impacting at the end of it all. And if the voices of those who are, we are impacting sound positive and seemingly say it in a positive manner, then that actually then gives us hope uh, in general and me specifically as well. You talk a lot about the voices of those girls and what they say happened and also what they say they want. How can we do a better job learning from those voices and incorporating those voices right from the beginning? I think 
one thing is when we are designing the project, the girls need to be on the table right from the start. It's not about us just going out there to identify what the challenges are, and then we come back and discuss potential interventions. But actually identifying the challenges together with the girls and bringing them back as well together for them to be part of designing the project, its implementation, and more importantly, its monitoring as well is something that can be improved going forward. So analyzing that failure and identifying the root causes together with the girls, any contributing factors and consequences is actually a very important aspect uh, when we're talking around the girls. And more importantly, after all this is done, we need to act on these recommendations and these failures um, going forward so that we can actually implement the change that the girls want to see and the solutions and innovations that they actually come up with. So care needs to heavily play that role of supporting the girls and then acting on those failures and recommendations. That's so important. It's not failing forward unless you act on what happened, unless you actually change your behavior. Otherwise, it's just failing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the call to action, for the hope, for all of your experiences today. Is there anything you want to share with the audience that I didn't give you a chance to say? Well, I think, yeah, we, we've spoken about it. Um, just to also close it off by saying, you know, we should not view failure as failure, but an opportunity to make, you know, projects and the lives of those in, being impacted better and in, in, in an innovative way. So, you know, as a project team, we're actually now thinking outside the box going forward based on the learnings and failures we experienced uh, through this project. So, yes, we are actually reimagining, imagine in a more progressive way and more importantly, putting the voices of the girls in the center of it all. Thank you. Thanks so much for your time today, Rachel. Really appreciate your expertise and your advice on what we should be doing next.